You are listening to the JTMR podcast. Visit our website at www.jesustomyrescue.com for free sermons, articles, ebooks, Bible study tools, Bible quizzes, and lots more. We share the gospel of Jesus to the world. Hello and welcome to the program which looks at the Holy Land. I am Paul Calvert. Psalm 91 verse 1 from the New King James Bible says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm with uh, Colonel Richard Kemp, who was the command of operations in Afghanistan. Are you in Israel at this moment and did you come after the conflict began? I am in Israel. I arrived on Monday of last week, just a couple of days after the terrible massacres occurred and I've been here since and I'm planning to stay until this is finished. Why did you actually come to Israel? I came for for two reasons really. One was to to be in a position to understand the conflict better by being on the ground mm. and, um, and, and therefore be able to influence people who may, may be not uh, fully aware of the facts and may be opposed to what Israel's doing using my military experience as well as my knowledge of what's happening. And the second reason was to, uh, to just to come here to support and be with the people of Israel while this terrible thing is happening. Now, facts is obviously one of the things that gets bandied around. There's, there's truth and lies. Uh, we heard that last night that a hospital was hit. Who done it? Well, I think it's pretty clear that it was Islamic Jihad that carried out an attack firing rockets into Israel, and one of them dropped short. That at least is the evidence that has been provided by the IDF, which is to me is very convincing. Uh, unfortunately, the world media, much of the world media, and many politicians immediately, as soon as it happened, without any evidence or knowledge of it, immediately started to condemn Israel for it, which is highly irresponsible on the part of media, politicians and commentators, because what that does is to inflame an already very, very dangerous situation. I'm very confident that if, if the IDF say they didn't do it, that that's true, because Previously, when tragic accidents have occurred, mistakes have occurred, which have resulted in the loss of life, and the IDF did it, the IDF have admitted it and explained how it happens. And them say, to me, them saying they didn't do it means they didn't do it. Mm. How moral is the Israeli army and how moral is Hamas? Well, you couldn't be more, you couldn't be further apart. Mm. Hamas is a vicious, brutal inhuman almost terrorist organization that charter of which says they want to destroy israel they want to annihilate israel and they want to kill jews in israel and kill jews everywhere that's what their charter tells them to do and that's what they try to do they are equivalent maybe in some ways even worse than islamic state mm. and some of the scenes unfortunately i'm sorry to say but some of the scenes that i saw footage of in around the Gaza area were reminiscent of, of the Holocaust. And of course, Hamas, their forebears come from the Nazi doctrine. And indeed, many of the, the earlier Palestinian terrorists were trained by Nazis in Egypt. So that, to me, they're a combination of Islamic State and Nazis. On the other end of the scale is Israel. And is, Israel is an army and a country of great morality. And their soldiers are trained in the same way as British soldiers and American soldiers are trained. They're trained to honor the laws of war, to follow the laws of war, to not kill innocent civilians if it can possibly be avoided, and to treat their enemy with humanity. 
for example, once they capture them or if they're wounded. But there's nothing of that in uh, Hamas. It's the opposite of Hamas. Mm. Does Israel need to go into the Gaza Strip and destroy Hamas and its infrastructure? Well, that's the decision for the chief of staff of the IDF and the prime minister of Israel. They obviously will do and have been doing as much damage as they can from the air. But it is also quite possible, I think, that they will need to go and finish the job off on the ground. Mm. And that's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a bit of street fighting, some of the harder fighting that soldiers have to do. It's going to involve advancing across terrain that is prepared with booby traps, mines, ambushes, snipers, anti-tank teams. A very dangerous situation for the IDF to find themselves in, but one for which they are well-trained. I've spoken to IDF soldiers on the border in Gaza, as well as on the border with Lebanon, and they're all of them, everyone I met, is absolutely ready for this. They, some of them are apprehensive. They haven't been into battle before. It's understandable. It's the same in every army. But they are, they're ready, although I hope it doesn't come to it, but they're ready to put their own lives on the line to protect their country, to protect their family, and to protect th their friends. So it's, in some ways, it's very humbling to, to be with these, these young men and women who are preparing to go into battle. Mm. Is it harder to fight terrorists rather than an enemy army? It, I think it is harder because, for one thing, terrorists blend into the local population. One minute they could be a farmer, the next minute they could be a someone who's you know, trying to blow you up with a bomb or shoot you. Mm. And it's quite hard to distinguish between ordinary civilians and terrorists in some circumstances. That's one thing. And it's the same experience that the British Army had in Iraq, Afghanistan, Northern Ireland, etc., the, and the other point, I think, to, to know about Hamas in particular, and the same did apply to the Taliban and others, is that they want Israel to kill their own people. They want Israel to go and kill their civilian population. They don't care about their population. The only thing they care about their population is how they can exploit them to damage Israel and, and get world condemnation against Israel, as we saw in this attack on, on the hospital. Now, there are hostages in Gaza at the moment from the Israeli side. Is this going to be an impossible mission to try and get them back? I wouldn't say it's impossible. I would say it's going to be extremely difficult. But there's something like 200, 199 hostages. I hope most of them or all of them are alive, despite Hamas saying that a number have, were killed by Israeli airstrikes. That means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. And they're going to be dispersed either in individually or in small groups around the Gaza Strip. And they're going to have guns to their heads. So if, if Israel does locate where they are, and they'll be making phenomenal efforts now to try and find them and, and then maybe attempt to launch rescue operations, if that does happen, then Hamas obviously want to kill them before they're rescued by the IDF. So it's probably the greatest challenge that the IDF faced in the future operation. Should Israel take the Gaza Strip now? And would that be good for Israel? And would it also be good for the Palestinians as well? It's a very good question. I think, I think um, Israel, assuming it completes its mission of destroying Hamas, we're then left in a situation in Gaza where there is no government because Hamas was the alleged, supposed government of Gaza. Mm. And Gaza will then be emerging from a devastating conflict without anyone to run the place. And so it may be that Israel, the IDF, have to remain in Gaza at least for some time to control the country and to try and at least bring relief to, to the civilian population.
it, other options are hard to hard to see. I think there's obviously an option of possibly a, an international coalition of some sort, maybe Middle Eastern coalition, which could play a part. Egypt is not going to offer to govern Gaza, nor is the Palestinian Authority. So there are very, very few options. And all of those options would still require some kind of Israeli presence, I believe, in order to secure the country. Because once Hamas is annihilated, if they are, assuming that uh, the IDF achieve their objective, then something else is going to spring up in its place in a community like that. Do you see this becoming a wider conflict in Lebanon, Syria and Iran? I think we have to bear in mind what this conflict is all about. It, it is about Iran. It's Iran that initiated this war. And, and I don't agree with those people who say there's no intelligence to suggest Iran was linked to this or or anything else. I think that's misguided. I believe that Iran had their hand on this. And I think we have to make the assumption that it's part of a bigger plan by Iran to do as maximum damage to Israel. And therefore, if that is the case, then they will attack further from the north. They've already been carrying out an intensive series of attacks over recent days from Lebanon into northern Israel. I was up there myself a few days ago when about three or four attacks took place. And, and I think we, you know, I hope we don't see it, but I think we should expect to see a more intensive attack from, from there and potentially also from Syria, where Iran also has proxies. It has IRGC, Islamic Republican Guard Corps, Corps, troops there and potentially even using the Syrian army itself to attempt to attack Israel. So as this conflict develops, it is potential. And, I, and again, we all hope it won't happen. It's potential, potentially the case that uh, Israel will be fighting on three fronts, not necessarily at the same time. And then, of course, there is the fourth front, which is the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, where there has been long periods of intensive violence now for, for many years. And Iran also has its hand there. Iran has helped to arm, train, motivate and incite Arabs within Judea and Samaria to attack the Israelis. Israel has been existing since 1948. Do you see God at work in Israel today? Well, I, speaking as a Christian, I would say God is at work everywhere. Mm. And of course, he's, he's at work in Israel. So, you know, and, and anyone who might suggest that the horrors that occurred over the last weekend and the horrors that are occurring in Gaza now and the horrors that might occur in the future suggest that God has abandoned Israel. I think people who don't understand the reality and they can't possibly understand what God's plan is, what is what's behind the events that are unfolding, they can't understand that. But of course, there's no question that he, he has not and will not and could not abandon Israel. What is your prayer finally for Israel and for the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip? Well, I hope Israel prevails in this conflict, and I'm very confident that Israel will prevail in this conflict. And I hope also that, that peace comes to the entire region, the entire area, and that eventually the, the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, who have suffered so much under the hand of Hamas, I hope they are freed from that hand and have a future of peace and prosperity. Okay, Colonel Richard Kemp, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Pray that God will move by his mighty power in the Holy Land and bring his peace. Thank you for listening to this JTMR podcast brought to you by Jesus to My Rescue Ministries and Outreach. 
visit our website at www.jesustomyrescue.com for more great content that will help you grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you need prayer, send us a WhatsApp to plus two seven double six four six eight three six three five. Alternatively, send us an email to support at jesustomyrescue.com. You can also find us on most social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, TikTok and many others. Just search for Jesus to my rescue. God bless you. Bye-bye.